Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Picture this. It's Saturday morning and you're on your John Deere compact tractor. You're effortlessly breaking ground on your new landscaping project. Next, you're moving piles of rocks just by moving a lever. And now, you're enjoying the warmth of the sun as you clear brush across your pasture. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand everything you can do with a John Deere compact tractor, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back to the Money Girl podcast, where my mission is to help you live rich and love the journey. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert and award-winning author based in Austin, Texas. Unless you're a tax accountant or lawyer, income taxes probably are not your favorite topic. I know they're definitely not mine. To say taxes are confusing and time-consuming is a laughable understatement. No matter if you're an employee, self-employed, or retired, taxes take a massive bite out of your paycheck, business profits, and investment earnings. So this episode is for you if you've ever had questions about income taxes. We're going to cover several questions that have come in from Money Girl readers, podcast listeners, and members of the Dominate Your Dollars Facebook group. While taxes can certainly be a downer, the more you understand about them, the more you can save by legally cutting your tax bill each year. So I hope you'll stick with me. I think you'll get a lot of good information out of this Q&A session. I'm going to answer seven tax-related questions that I recently received about working remotely, living abroad, and doing freelance work. Be sure to check out the show notes on the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. This is episode number 511 called Tax Q&A, Tips for Freelancers, Remote Workers, and Expats. All right, we'll jump right into tax question number one. This one comes from Rachel L., who says, I'm an American who's been living in Canada for many years. How can Americans who live and work abroad avoid having to pay taxes in two different countries? Rachel, this is a great question, and a lot of people don't realize that if you live abroad, you still owe taxes to the United States. Rachel, you're one of the estimated 9 million Americans who live outside of the United States. Whether you leave to work for an employer, to do freelance work while globetrotting, or to retire in another country, you cannot escape Uncle Sam's tax system. Unlike most countries, the U.S. taxes its citizens no matter where in the world you live. So even if you never expect to come back, you still must file an annual tax return that includes all your worldwide income as if you never left. Trying to hide your foreign income became a lot more difficult after 2010 when the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act was enacted. 
It requires all foreign financial institutions to report U.S. customers to the IRS. So this leaves expats in danger of some serious back taxes and penalties if you don't comply with U.S. tax laws. However, there is good news for expats. You probably qualify for some nice tax breaks. But to qualify, you must have a tax home in a foreign country and receive foreign earned income. The biggest benefit when you live and work outside of the United States is called the Foreign Earned Income Exclusion. It allows you to reduce your taxable income by a pretty big chunk. You can reduce it by up to $101,300, and that's for 2016 per qualifying person. And that number will likely go up in the future as a cost of living adjustment. There are also foreign tax credits that may reduce or eliminate what you owe, and you can claim these benefits by submitting Form 2555 along with Form 1040. And in the notes for this show, I'm going to include links to all the tax resources and forms that I mentioned, so be sure to check them out if you're curious. Also note that you can still get a tax refund as an expat but only if you continue filing annual tax returns. If you don't file tax returns, they don't know where to send your money. So if you have foreign income and you don't file a U.S. tax return, you simply can't claim any exclusions or credits, and you're breaking the law. As I mentioned, getting caught not paying U.S. taxes can result in high penalties. If your tax delinquency is at least 50000 the State Department can even cancel your passport. So don't even think you can fly under the IRS radar just because you're no longer living in the United States. And for more information, you can check out publication 54 called Tax Guide for U.S. Citizens and Resident Aliens Abroad. And definitely be sure to consult with an experienced tax accountant if you still have questions. So thanks for that question, Rachel. The second question is kind of similar. It's from Elizabeth B., who says, I'm an American in my early 20s, living and working full-time in Europe for the next few years. I have about $20,000 in my U.S. credit union in a mix of mutual funds, CDs, and savings accounts. I'm financially stable and wondering if my American money could be doing more for me. Can I open an IRA in the United States, even though I'm earning income abroad? Elizabeth, thanks for your question, and congratulations for having a nice chunk of savings at such a young age. One of your top financial priorities should be to maintain a healthy cash reserve, known as an emergency fund. Having a financial safety net is so critical because it keeps you from going into debt if you have a large unexpected expense or you hit a financial rough patch, like losing your job or business income. How much savings you need is different for everyone, but I recommend keeping at least three to six months worth of living expenses on hand. Another good rule of thumb is to maintain at least 10% of your annual gross income in an emergency fund. For instance, if you earn $50,000 a year, make a goal to accumulate a minimum of $5,000 in cash reserves. But here's the trick with an emergency fund. Don't be tempted to invest it. Exposing your emergency fund to any amount of risk means that it could lose value the moment you need it. 
That is not the purpose of your emergency fund. So to have a healthy financial life, you need different buckets of money, each with their own purposes. Think about what the purpose of an emergency fund is. It's not to earn money or grow your money. It's to have money that is 100% safe for any future potential disasters. So in general, it should always sit tight in a high-yield FDIC-insured savings account. Once you've got some cash set aside or you're saving to an emergency fund on a regular basis, then it's time to start another bucket of money, and that's a bucket that you want to grow for the future, like a retirement account. But is Elizabeth even eligible for an IRA while she's living abroad? Well, to qualify for any type of IRA, the first rule is that you must have some amount of taxable earned income. As I previously mentioned, expats can typically exclude up to $101,300 of income from taxes for 2016. So unless you choose not to take the foreign income exclusion, or you earn over that amount, over $101,300, you won't qualify to make IRA contributions because that foreign income exclusion reduces your taxable income. However, you can still invest using a U.S. dollar-based taxable brokerage account. So if you are not earning more than that $101,300 threshold and you are choosing to take the foreign income exclusion, which you should if you're living abroad, because it's a big, it's a really big tax break. You want to take advantage of that. But the downside of taking it is that it typically makes you ineligible for an IRA. Like I said, you can still invest in a brokerage account, which is taxable. And then, Elizabeth, when you come back to the United States in a few years, then you'll be in a position to start investing in an IRA here. But until then, you're going to need to look for other options. And I want to point out a couple of recent podcasts that may be of interest to you if you're looking at opening an IRA. Podcast number 507 is called How to Open an IRA, Understand Eligibility, Rollovers, and Early Retirement. And then another show, which is called 401k or IRA, Which One Should You Invest in First? That's episode number 441. Okay, moving on to tax question number three. This one comes from Miriam who says, what would be the consequence if I withheld federal and state taxes from my paycheck for a couple of months? How would I pay it back? And would there be any penalties at the end of the year? Thanks for sending this question in, Miriam. I think what Miriam is asking is if she doesn't have federal and state income taxes withheld, what would be the consequences? So you can only claim an exemption from payroll tax withholding if you had no income liability last year and you don't expect to owe any taxes for the current year. For instance, if you're single, under age 65, and earned less than $10,350 in 2016, you don't have to pay any tax. So if that's your situation last year and this year, then you could claim a complete exemption from your payroll income tax withholding. However, let's say you're in a situation where you or your spouse are earning less right now because you became unemployed for part of the year or you lose some side income. If your income goes down, 
you can increase the number of allowances on your current W-4 to reduce your withholding to a minimum. Problem is, if you don't pay in enough tax during the year, you'll have a tax liability on tax day next year. But if you pay what's owed by the deadline, which is typically April 15th, there won't be any penalties. You just have to make sure that you have enough savings on hand to make up any potential tax shortfall. So there's no penalty if you have a shortfall. You've just got to pay it by tax day, which is typically April 15 of the following year. So I hope that helps you. And another show that may be of interest is podcast number 490 called How to Fill Out a W-4 Plus Seven Reasons to Adjust Your Tax Withholding. Okay, for tax question number four, this one comes from Erica L., who says, thanks for your podcast on tax deductions for a home business. I have two businesses that I run from home in the same office space. Can I account for both? Or can you only take the home office deduction once? Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So back to Erica's great question. This is a nice follow-up to my recent podcast, number 509, called Work from a Home Office, Claim a Deduction, and Save Money. If you qualify for the home office deduction, you, or you and a spouse or a roommate, can claim the same office space for two or more separate business activities. This is something that my husband and I have done for years. We both share the same office space for business activities, so we each get to claim that space for both of our businesses. All right, tax question number five comes from John, who says, I started working remotely for a company that's out of state. 
will I have to file a tax return for the state where the company is located? Thanks, John. In general, when you work remotely, you only need to pay income taxes in the state where you live, no matter where your employer is located. However, there are some states, such as Delaware, New York, New Jersey, Nebraska, Oregon, and Pennsylvania, with non-resident tax laws that do require you to pay tax, in addition to tax at your home state, unless you meet an exemption. So if you receive a W-2 form at the end of the tax year that lists a state other than yours, you'll need to file a non-resident tax return to the state listed. It's a good idea to consult with a tax accountant to make sure you're following the rules if this is a situation that sounds familiar to you. Tax question number six comes from Adam, who says, I'm self-employed and can work anywhere in the world with an internet connection. Can I claim the cost of my travel as a business expense? Thanks, Adam. When you're self-employed and mobile, your home office essentially travels with you as you open up a laptop or smartphone and work from a hotel or cafe. But that doesn't mean that you can deduct the cost of travel for every day that you plan to work on your business from a remote location. You simply can't deduct personal expenses. You can only deduct the business portion of your travel expenses, such as staying in a city while you attend an industry conference, having meetings with colleagues, or working with clients. If you plan to deduct all or a portion of an expense, As a business expense, keep the receipt and make sure to make some notes to document the business significance of that expense. Here are some common business-related travel expenses that you might be able to deduct if you're in a situation like Adam and you travel a lot for work for yourself. You can deduct travel by airplane, train, bus, car, rental car, taxi, or rideshare between your home and your business destination. You can deduct shipping and baggage fees, tolls and parking, meals and transportation to and from restaurants, hotels, entertainment, dry cleaning and laundry, and tips. But remember, you can only deduct those expenses that are directly linked to your business activity. To learn a lot more about this topic, you can see publication 463 called Travel, Entertainment, Gift, and Car Expenses. And of course, I'll have a link to that in the show notes. And our final question, number seven, comes from Kevin W., who says, My son Joseph is a college freshman who was diagnosed with autism at age three and was nonverbal. Now he's a sports broadcaster for a local radio station on the air and wants to start writing about sports for their website. What types of expenses are tax deductible when you work from home or travel as a freelance writer or reporter? Kevin, thanks for your question. And I think it's so fantastic that your son is doing so incredibly well. There are many expenses that you can deduct when you start a business. In general, as I mentioned previously, they've got to relate directly to the service you provide and be what the IRS calls ordinary and necessary Ordinary, as in it's common to your trade or business, and necessary means that it's what's helpful to actually generate revenue. As I mentioned, you can't deduct personal or family expenses. However, if something is partly personal and partly business, you can divide it appropriately and deduct the business portion. 
For instance, if you travel for a blogging conference and then extend the trip for a vacation, you could deduct the portion of expenses that are spent just for the business. If you use your car for business, you can deduct expenses based on the business mileage driven. Here are some more expenses that may apply to freelance writers. The cost of your computer, a printer, software for writing or bookkeeping, office supplies, website creation, website hosting, photography or graphic design services, subscriptions to trade publications, membership to industry associations, writing classes, conferences, marketing and promotion, and business travel. This is not a complete list of all the potential business expenses that you might be able to deduct. To learn more, you can check out publication number 535 called Business Expenses. For more information or consult with a qualified tax accountant to make sure you take advantage of every possible legal deduction when you're in business. Each week, I send out a free short email filled with tips, tools, and recommendations that I think you might enjoy. To get it, all you have to do is text me. Text the phrase, get updates, with no space between the words, get updates, to the number 33444. And by the way, if you have a money question or topic suggestion, I want to hear it. There are several ways to reach me. One is my contact page at lauradadams.com or Twitter, where my handle is at Laura Adams, L-A-U-R-A-A-D-A-M-S with no space. Or you can hit reply to one of my weekly email updates. If you're enjoying the show, let me know by subscribing for free and taking a minute to submit a quick, quick five-star review on iTunes. I promise it can be very quick. I read every one of your reviews. If you've already submitted one, thank you. It really means a lot to get your feedback and it helps the show get more visibility in Apple Podcasts. And to keep the money conversation going with a terrific community, also join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. To request your invitation, visit Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook or send me a text for immediate access. Just text DOLLARS, that's D-O-L-L-A-R-S, to the number 33444, that same number. I hope to see you in the group. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.